New year, different result for the Miami Heat, who took a five-game win streak into Sacramento, but weren't able to start off 2022 on the right foot. We'll break down Sunday night's game, give out player grades, and discuss which player on a 10-day contract has stood out the most. All that coming up next here on Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Monday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me as always is my co-host Wes Goldberg. It's a new year, and thank you so much for supporting Locked on Heat. You've helped us reach our goal of 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thanks yep. so much for all that support, and please keep it coming. We are going to continue to put out great content all year long, but uh, unfortunately, the Heat couldn't start off the year as well as we have. They traveled to Sacramento for the third game of what was supposed to be a seven-game road trip. If you recall last week, of course, they kicked off that road trip in San Antonio. That game was canceled on New Year's Eve. They faced the Houston Rockets, had a big win there, and then went into Sacramento for the first of a second of two-game back-to-back set facing the Golden State Warriors on Monday night. But the Heat started off sluggishly on 2022. They were not shooting the ball particularly well against the Kings, kind of went back and forth for most of the game, and then started slowly building up a lead. They were actually up about seven with 10 minutes left in the game, and then the Kings started slowly chipping away at that with Miami's offense coming to a screeching halt. It was a back-and-forth affair for most of the rest of the fourth quarter, and a Tyrese Halliburton jumper put Sacramento up four with just over two minutes left. Then Omer Yurtseven hit a baseline jumper to cut the Kings lead in half. And then Jimmy Butler tied the game at 113 with 26 seconds left. The Kings called a timeout and De'Aaron Fox, who was on fire late in the game and has beaten Miami on what feels like multiple occasions, drew a foul and was able to hit both free throws to put the Kings up 115 to 113 with just about six seconds left in the game. Then on the last possession of the game, Kyle Lowry inbounds the ball to Jimmy Butler. He was being defended well by Harrison Barnes. Jimmy drove to the hoop with Barnes on his hip the whole time. And as he gets to the rim, he fakes Barnes up in the air. Looks like he got the exact shot that he wanted. He spins left into the hoop, puts up a shot, and then it just sadly rolls off the back of the rim. And unfortunately, Miami drops a game again, 115 to 113, ending their five-game win streak. Again, we'll be talking about some of the players that stood out in tonight's game. But Wes, what were your thoughts on the unfortunate loss for Miami? Well, like you said, it was a good look for Jimmy Butler there at the end. Uh, and it could have easily been a tie game that goes into overtime. And maybe Miami wins it in overtime. But they lost, right? And this is, I thought, had... All the makings to be a very frustrating game for oh, yeah. for the Heat, and it was one of my Nostradamus predictions last last week that this would just be a a frustrating game, and it certainly was. But to me, the big story here was just all that stuff with the ten day contract guys and all those developmental guys and all this stuff that the Heat are somehow just finding ways to win during this win streak, and it yeah. just felt like every everybody, all these other guys, just sort of turned into a pumpkin today, <laughs> and it was more than ever. Recently, the Heat relying on those starters, the core players, right? I mean, you look at that starting lineup of Lowry, Hero, Caleb Martin, Jimmy Butler, Omar Yurtsevin. I mean, the very elite of, you know, you have Butler and Lowry, who are normal starters. Hero, who is a normal rotation, you know, regular as a sixth man. And Martin and Yurtsevin are at least, you know, on the real roster. 
unlike right. these other guys. But, you know, we had the big Kyle guy night in Houston and all this stuff, and everybody's sort of living in this bliss. How do the Heat keep doing this? Well, they didn't do it tonight, and they relied so much on those core players. On, and on, on tonight, they were their starting lineup. Um, and over the final seven minutes, Spolster just played those five guys. Like, he got everybody back in at the seven-minute mark, and those were the guys that were playing all the way – until the end and would have been in there for all of overtime. Probably Kyle guy was in there for the last possession, but that was more of a, uh, just a, a, for the offensive possession that they had. But um, yeah, it just felt like all this good stuff that we were talking about uh, just wasn't there tonight for Miami. Yeah. Look, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, it just shows how depleted this roster is that you're going to these. I mean, you look at the, the available players for tonight's game. There were 11 players in theory, uh, six bench players, all of whom were signed on 10-day contracts. And again, we'll talk about them later on in the show. Uh, two of those didn't even play. So you went, you know, nine deep there as far as uh, the, the guys in the rotation tonight. And of the five guys that started, Yurt Seven is your third string center. He was barely getting minutes two weeks ago. And we were all kind of talking about whether or not he had the potential to become a solid player. Now he's being asked to take on much bigger responsibility. He had a solid game overall. Again, we'll talk about that throughout the show. But Tyler Hero coming off the bench, he struggled noticeably in the first half, didn't really have his offense going until the second half. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what it was. It seemed like everybody started off, at least on the Miami Heat, uh, the Miami Heat side of things, they started off really, really sluggishly. They're, they're, yeah. I can't recall the exact offensive numbers for the first half, but they're shooting. No, it's Tyler. Uh, they missed eight of their first nine threes in that first Ooh. quarter. Tyler yeah, uh, went 0 for 6 in that first quarter. Um, the Heat were just not shooting well at all. And you're right, like they were relying on guys like Yurtsevin, who wasn't even in the road. It was not he was the developmental player going right. into the season. All of a sudden now he's starting. And I just I tweeted in the middle of the fourth quarter, not even jokingly, just like I I, I suppose this would con- be considered ironically. Can sure. the Heat survive until Yurtsevin checks back in? Because that's yeah. sort of what the game was. There's yep. it really this this to me kind of showed, right? Like you could call Yurtsevin a developmental guy or whatever, but at least he's like a, a legit NBA guy, you know, and, and Kayla Martin and all these legit NBA players. And I'm not saying this to dismiss anybody else on Miami's roster or any of the guys that they brought in on these 10 days, but just the, the, the difference between just even your 13th, 14th, 15th guy and some guys who are just out of the league. Um, yeah. There's a lot of reasons for that. You know, they're out of the league, so they don't know the team and they're maybe not in the, the same exact conditioning, but whatever it is, like there is a huge drop off between the guys who are really on the team like really on the team and then the guys on these 10 day contracts too. And, and like I said, like tonight I, f- I thought that the Miami was missing their normal starters more than ever. Right. Like to me, I thought they really missed Bam Adebayo despite Omer Yurtsevin, you know, putting up another double, double. Like I thought this team really missed Bam Adebayo. Maybe really for the first time in a real meaningful way, not since he's been out, but, in, but for, you know, probably a couple of weeks here, uh, I just thought that everything that Sacramento was doing as far as getting into that mid-range, forcing Yurtsevin uh, and and Silva out into to step up on these blitzes and on these screen and rolls. Um, later on, they sort of adjusted and they started dropping a little bit more. But you don't have to make that adjust. And then when they dropped, uh, Sacramento was getting to that mid-range game. And you look at what the Kings shot, 51% tonight, 51.3% tonight. And a lot of that was because they were just kind of uh, navigating their way on the court and just getting into these open pockets of the court that the Miami heat centers couldn't defend. Well, if you have bam, bam's defending all of that space. That is the value of bam. He's able to contest everything from everywhere, um, for every spot on the court. And 
They just obviously didn't have that kind of presence tonight because only there's you could argue maybe Bam Adebayo is the only center who could do that right at that level. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, th- I just thought they really, really missed Bam, despite, again, Yurtsevin having such a great night for them. No, it's a, it's a great point. I, I think he just he changes so much of what Miami does defensively. He would be able to handle those multiple you know guards that were attacking the basket or the mid range, as you said. De'Aaron, yeah, Fox, De'Aaron Fox isn't hitting those mid range shots in those final in the final three minutes if Bam's out there. He's just not doing yeah. it. That's a great point. Uh, and, you know, it's another offensive hub, too. As good as Kyle Lowry was at playmaking tonight, it's always great to have another player like Bam change yes. the dynamic of the game and be able to create from the elbow. And and, and just it would have allowed some different spacing for the Heat there, when, especially when their shot wasn't falling. And look, Miami did things well. It's not like they completely crapped the better or anything like that. They led the rebounding battle. They were sharing the ball pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. They shot 43.8% overall, but it was the three-point shot that killed them. Just 9 of 33 from three-point range, 27%. Absolutely abysmal. I, I really feel like this is a night where it kind of shows the importance of a Duncan Robinson. I know a lot of Heat fans and listeners that and viewers well said. Good point. might disagree here because just if he hits a couple other three-pointers in the first half, and we know how often Miami runs their offense for Duncan in the first quarter, it probably would have done things completely. It would have changed the dynamic of the game. They wouldn't have had to claw their way back the way they did. And who knows, maybe they would have been able to hold on the lead there at the end, especially if Bama's out there playing defense. Well, don't they don't they run a play for Duncan Robinson at the end there? I mean, Spolster has always run late-game plays for Duncan Robinson. And maybe instead of going for the tie on a layup on the road, on the first night of a back-to-back set, maybe you run a play for Duncan Robinson coming off of a screen, and then he just goes for the win on the road in Sacramento. I mean, it's very likely, and I, I'm with you. It wasn't just Bam that they were missing. They were missing right. Duncan Robinson. And by the way, this is not meant as an excuse. It's just an right. observation because this Absolutely. is this is sort of the first night that we're really saying, like, oh, wow, the yeah. Heat are really missing these players that they don't have right now. Um, right. And I think this should be more of the expectation than the rule going forward. I just, like I said, it kind of feels like all of this stuff is sort of turned into a pumpkin a little bit. Again, not an excuse, just an observation. They've gotten lucky. They've capitalized on those opportunities. They've gotten some great performances from guys that they couldn't. And credit, which we have not given enough of to Eric Spolster for being able to turn all these pumpkins into Cinderella and the incredible, you know, whatever display that they've had. Five games and the incredible record throughout December where they've been missing Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Dwayne Dedman, and on and on and on. They've missed so many different players due to injury and health and safety protocols. P.J. Tucker, who was playing his best basketball mm-hmm. of his career over the last few weeks before he went down. Again, they've been missing so many players. The fact that they were able to string this many wins is a testament to Spolstra's incredible abilities as a coach and the strength of this team and its unexpected depth, You know, including some of the guys that they brought in on 10-day contracts. But you know what? We'll take a break here, and then we'll talk about some of the players that stood out from tonight's game before getting into some of those players that have been awarded 10-day contracts. But first, a reminder that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar you've ever had. Look, it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or just, they don't taste right. But you know you don't have to worry about that with Built Bar because they're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And most of all, they're just plain delicious. They're so good, you won't even feel like you're not eating uh, a candy bar. It's that great. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever, 
Throw out all that sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars so when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you too. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, boys and girls, it is time for some player grades. Thank you for making Locked On Eat your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where we have officially reached 1,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for getting us to our goal before 2022. Let's keep it growing. Um, we're just going to start our player grades, David, with Omer Yurtsevin, who, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have to talk about this. 22 points on 11 for 18, shooting 16 rebounds, six of which, by the way, were offensive rebounds. Um, he had a steal. He did uh, 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 pick up two fouls in his first five minutes, and it looked uh, like, oh, man, is it yep. going to be kind of one of these sort of young nights for Yurtsevin where he just looks really young? Uh, but he came back, had just one foul for the rest of the game, the rest of his 30, uh, 35 minutes for the night, um, and really was sort of the guy that the Heat needed down the stretch like we talked about. He's going to get a B-plus for tonight, like I said. Uh, just a rule here, nobody gets an A if it's a <laughs> loss. So he's going to get a B-plus here. Um, but the thing about Omar Yurtsevin now, this has been a string of games, right? Four straight double doubles now as a yep. starter. Um, what do you make now of Omar Yurtsevin? Because like you said at the top of the show, this was Miami's third center going into this season. You could make an argument now that he's outplayed Dwayne Dedman as solid as Dwayne Dedman won. He, he wasn't putting up 20 points. You know what I mean? Like you, there is an argument to be made that, Hey, is, is Omar Yurtsevin Miami's second best center behind Bam? He seems a little more polished, certainly around the hoop, than Dwayne does. Like, I, I, you love Dwayne's ed, uh, explosiveness, maybe. I don't know if that's the right word, but he seems like he's a, he attacks the basket with a little bit more ferocity than Yurtsevin Force. does. He plays with a lot yes. more. He's, he's got old man strength. He's also bigger than Yurtsevin. I, I don't think people really understand that. Deadman's like 7'1". Like, that dude's huge. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know how much bigger he is than Yurtsevin. I mean, Yurtsevin is a legit seven footer, right? But at the same time, he's just the way he plays around the basket. He's got that yeah. soft, deft touch. Like he, he shot that jumper from the baseline with a minute left to help cut the lead down to two. Uh, he's just got these the soft hook shots. He showed some incredibly nice footwork, too. He's got that hook shot dialed up. It, it's probably as good yes. as Robin Lopez is, maybe. I, I don't know. It's like I wouldn't go best. that far. I mean, now you're talking I, about hallowed ground. Yeah, but uh, you know he's he's pulling down rebounds like he has a clear height advantage over so much. I mean, yeah. there's so much of the NBA that goes small ball now. There really aren't that many legitimate centers out there, and he was able to dominate matchups against Bagley and Damian Jones, whoever was starting at center for the Kings. So that was that was good to see. There's real progress there. Still some moments there where he gets a little lost. I like the fact, however, you mentioned the two fouls that he picked up early on, kind of recognized that, and then went to his drop a little bit quicker in defensive schemes. So he recognized mm -hmm. that pick and roll a little bit more effectively, was able to drop more effectively to cover the big and block the basket, able to recover in time to let the, the guy who was guarding the ball handler recover and be able to pick up the ball handle a little bit, maybe force a turnover or maybe at least contest the shot a little bit more effectively. So that was great recognition from him. And then conversely, he did the same thing on offense. He started working it a little bit better with Kyle, with Jimmy. They were able to feed him some hoops, you know, some passes right around the basket. I was, I think he was able to capitalize on most of those. So showing some growth to your question. I don't know. I, I He's more talented and he's younger, mm -hmm. but he's still a development guy. I think for this team, I think Deadman 
puts you in a better position to win if that makes any sense yeah no i was i was trying to have this i was trying to think about this during the game it's Okay, Yurtsevin is impressive. Is he a guy that you play in the postseason over a guy like Deadman? And I don't think I don't think you would. I think you just there's a level of trust you have with a guy. And maybe it's just age. Maybe it's just the fact that Dwayne Deadman's played in the NBA as long as he has, and Yurtsevin's yeah. a rookie. And and if that's the reason, that's a that's a very very good reason <laughs> that's to okay. to play Deadman. Um, I I do ultimately think that yeah, Deadman's probably still the best, the second best center on on the on the team. But just the fact that Yurtsevin yeah. has made that a conversation. Um, speaks a lot. I mean, look, he, we, we were talking about things with Yurtsevin as far as his development two weeks ago about, oh, this guy, he needs to finish with more force. He's just, he's a little yep. bit too finesse. You're Mickey seeing Mouse some of that more now, right? Like already. Jimmy Butler found Yurtsevin for this key 15-footer on the baseline at the end of the yep. second to last shot of the the, 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 the he'd had in the game. Yep. He, they needed Yurtsevin to hit that shot, and he did. He delivered. I mean, he's got great he's touch. Okay. No question about it. There's a lot of talent there. Absolutely. All right. Um, uh, all right. Our next one, one is going to be Tyler Hero. Uh, <laughs> was Miami's tied with Yurtsevin for Miami's leading scorer, 22 points. Uh, it wasn't a very efficient night for him, though. Eight for 23 overall, four for 11 from three point range. If you consider the fact that he missed his first six shots, then that percentage isn't as bad. I thought the shots were were good, clean looks in that first quarter, but for whatever reason, they just weren't going in. Yep. Um, but you take. 23 minus 6 is like 17 or something like that. 17, um, yeah. 8 of 17, so right above 50%. Not bad. That's pretty good for the rest of the game. But it just doesn't really work that way exactly in player no. grades. He's still The first quarter still happens, still counts. I'm giving yeah. Tyler Hero a B- minus for the night. Um, I just thought that, look, I, I liked some. I liked all the looks that he was getting. It just didn't seem, and, and this is not a stat thing. This isn't a metrics thing. Sometimes you just got to watch the games, David. And, and it's just, he wasn't playing with as much gusto or force or demanding the ball as much as sometimes we're used to seeing Tyler Hero do. Yeah. And maybe some of that was him trying to defer to teammates. Maybe some of that was recognizing, hey, I'm 0 for 6. Maybe I shouldn't be 0 for 10 or whatever it was. Um, but I would have liked to just see Tyler Hero play with a little bit more force or whatever kind of spoism you want to use in this instance. Um, yeah. I just I really wasn't seeing it there. It wasn't like – that wasn't like Tyler Hero – Getting forcing him his way into that top end conversation type of night yeah. that we're, we're used to seeing. Yeah, he put up the numbers somewhat empty in a loss. Uh, I think the word you're looking for and Swo is fond of saying is intent. He, he he did not have it out there. He didn't look like he was driving with purpose. He looked kind of aimless with the ball on a couple occasions, a little passive on time. There was this sequence that you and I talked about before starting to record where he kept passing to Jimmy. Jimmy passed it to him and then wound up taking this really tightly contested shot as the shot clock was expiring. Not a great look overall. Like there were moments there from Tyler because he's still Tyler. Like he had a shot as Miami was building up their eight point lead late in the game where he hit a, a layup like it was like I don't even know how high off the glass it was and somehow he got it to drop that mm -hmm. just perfectly cocky Tyler Hero but those moments were too few and far between and a night when they really need it. again this team is spread too thin and they need all of their guys their core players at this point they need to step up I can't believe like even in the pregame presser before the Houston game on Friday Spolster referred to Caleb Martin as a core player, and that's just the state of Miami right now. Not a great place to be, but uh, let's move on to our last player grade. Yeah. Who is that? It's going to be Chris Silva, and he's Ooh. he's got a cringe emoji. This is that cringe face emoji here. Wow. It was just a cringy game for me. Look, Silva's a good story. He's a nice guy. You wrote an excellent feature about him. Uh, I, I think Thank that you. was last year. What? They all blend in now. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
it seems like six years ago. It also felt like Silva hasn't played an NBA game in six years. He was just very uh, rusty, would be yeah. putting it lightly. Like He just didn't look like he was in NBA shape. He wasn't moving as well as some of the other guys on the floor. And maybe that's part of it. And maybe that's an understandable part of it. Like This is not a guy who's played since this weekend in a very long time. Um, seven points on two for four shooting, five rebounds. He had an assist, whatever. I don't really care about any of that stuff. Uh, he was a minus 11 for the night, which was uh, the worst on the team other than Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. And there's a lot more noise in the Hero and Butler numbers than there was in the Silva numbers. It just looked like when there was when Silva was on the court, Sacramento was uh, targeting him every single time that they were on. Like, to be minus 11 in 13 minutes is really difficult. And um, that's because Sacramento just targeted him every single time that the Kings were on offense. And look, he wasn't able to... Try, he wasn't able to get out on on to the shooters when he was blitzing yeah. and trapping off the screen and rolls. When he was dropping, it just the timing was way off, and he was just picking up fouls, and he wasn't, or he was just giving up open lanes to the basket. It was just like I said, it was a cringe emoji night from from Silva. Nice to see him back on the roster again. Great story, good guy, nice guy. Uh, but just the fact that he hasn't played in the NBA in a very long time is very noticeable to me. It shows the disparity between what a developmental player is. A guy like Yurtseven has at least a skill. He has that deft touch. He has mm-hmm. a, a repertoire offensively that Chris Silva could only dream of at this point. This is after his third season, kind of in and out of the NBA. Uh, and, and it's just, it's tough to watch because the effort is always there, right? He, nobody plays with as much effort and intensity as Chris Silva does, but it just leads to, unfortunately, nowhere quickly because he just winds up getting to foul trouble. He moves clunky. He he looks like a player who's only played basketball for the past eight to nine years of his life, and right. I think that's the unfortunate part of it is that he's just, he's just not NBA ready, and I don't know whether he will be because he doesn't have that elite skill. He doesn't have that kind of quick fleet footwork to be able to at least contend with other bigs out there he's gonna get into foul trouble he certainly can't guard some you know ball handlers or wings so that's a problem for him he had one nice play where he caught the ball was able to attack alex len who's a little stiff himself and then was able to draw the foul on him too but with the exception of that it was just too many times where he was running pick and roll with jimmy and he didn't know where to go like he's kind of backpedaling setting a screen and if for those of you who can't see what i'm doing i'm using air quotes because it was (laughs) hardly a screen so much as i'm you know six foot ten and here i am in front of your face uh yeah, it wasn't really an effect. It was worse. I than called for an illegal history. screen late, and you saw Bam during a break, kind of be like, "Dude, just like you're not yeah. supposed to move your feet during the screen." And and I think, stand like, there. yeah, stand you, there you can't be moving. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a tough night. I thought uh, overall yeah. for him. Hopefully, he can turn it around because again, I mean, he's not going to turn it around here. He clearly needs some more minutes, some more opportunity, but it's not going to be in Miami with a team with a championship window like the Heat have. Yeah, they can't afford to take that time on a player like him. So to answer our question from before about whether or not Yurt Seven is a better player than Dwayne Dedman, maybe not, but he's certainly a much better player than Chris Silva. And they can afford to at least put Yurt Seven out there because he's going to give you offense. He's going to give you something. He's at least even taller and a better rebounder than Chris Silva. He might not give the same level of effort or intensity, but at this point, it's all about having the skill to complement your best players. So that's uh, that's just the way it is. But let's move on to our next segment. We'll talk a little bit about uh, those 10-day contracts contract guys on the roster including chris silva will give out the 10-day contract belt that's a new segment they're going to be talking about here on locked on heat thanks to all of you for making locked on heat your first listen every day now you can continue to support us by making sure to subscribe to the show on youtube or wherever you get podcasts you can always reach us via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via twitter using the hashtag ask heat 
a first timer for this new segment. It's the 10 day contract belt with six players under contract right now from Miami uh, on all of them on 10 day contracts. And that was include not ex- including Zylan, Zylan Cheaton, who whose contract mm-hmm. just expired for Miami. But uh, look, this is a, a throwback for those of us, those of you who are listening or watching that are new to the show. Uh, years and years ago, when Miami was in the midst of that 2016-17 season, when they went 41 and 41, their power forward rotation was so bad. It was a it was a mix of Luke Babbitt, James Derek Johnson, Williams, and James Derek Johnson, Williams. and we had no idea who would start on a night to night basis. Uh, usually, it was Luke Babbitt, but then maybe James Johnson would have a nice play, and maybe Derek Williams would play at all, and maybe it would be noteworthy. <laughs> And so we decided, you know what, let's award a championship belt, the power forward belt to this cast of characters that were ostensibly starting in the NBA somehow. A wrestling style belt, right, where if you are the better power forward for that night, you you have climbed the mountain, you have knocked the other guy off the mountain, you have earned the belt. And so this is sort of a similar situation. These 10-day contracts are just a bunch of names, a bunch of dudes, a bunch of guys. uh, And um, with the exception... Of one Heat Hall of Famer, Mario Chalmers, who has yet right. to play, unfortunately, for the Miami Was, Heat. Two games. Has not played yet. Yeah. Yeah. Two games under contract, zero minutes for Mario right now. You wonder what the situation is. Spo said after the Houston Rockets win that he would have liked to have gotten Rio in there, that you know they, they've stayed in touch, that it's just like old times, going back in time, et cetera. Silva's it's, getting minutes. Kyle Guy's getting minutes. No minutes. Stauskas is getting minutes. Yeah. No, I think, I think you know, obviously just like in the Sacramento game and in the Houston game, you probably thought there would be an opportunity to kind of build an early cushion and then play some garbage time, and then maybe you're able to get Mario Chalmers in there. Um, just Look, the fact that Mario Chalmers is even on one of these 10 days is a huge success story. This is Absolutely. I don't think a lot of people understand why he was out of the league. It wasn't because he was – he tore his Achilles after Miami yeah. traded him to Memphis. He played only like a handful of games. Terrace's yeah. Achilles never got back into the and on in a contract year, never got back into the NBA. It was really tough. And yet, through all these years, he has stayed uh mostly in Miami, trying to uh work his way back into NBA shape, rehab that Achilles that took a very long time for him to rehab. Yep. Um, so just the fact that he was able to get into the G League, he was with the Denver Nuggets G League affiliate for a little while, um, before getting called up to Miami, uh, is un, in and of itself a, a huge accomplishment for somebody his age coming off yeah. of an Achilles tear that late in his career. It's unheard yep. of. Um, yeah. and he'll get, he'll get NBA minutes at some point. It, we're bound to see it, but, uh, they haven't also played Eric Holman, who they basically signed just because of his proximity to San Antonio before that game was postponed. They were trying to get that game to not be postponed. And so he's obviously not a guy that they signed because they really think that they found another one here. I think sure. they really just signed him because he owned a car and he could drive from Austin to San Antonio in time. So he hasn't gotten yeah. any minutes. The guys who did get minutes, Silva, Highsmith, Kyle Guy. Nick Stauskas. Stauskas, see you. Yes. Um, the belt has to go to Kyle Guy. Before we talk about Kyle Guy, Silva we talked about. Highsmith, 15 minutes, zero points. Didn't really do a whole lot, but did hit some shots in Houston that I thought uh, you know, started showing signs of being sort of that 3 and D type of guy. Yeah. Um, and then Stauskas, he had five points. He was a plus 12 tonight, kind of quietly. Also had a nice uh, debut for the Miami Heat in Houston as well, but Kyle Guy is the story here. I mean, had a solid night tonight, seven points, three for eight shooting, four assists, two rebounds, but had a huge night in Houston. I don't think any of the other 10 day, uh, any of the other 10 day guys has done enough since Kyle Guy's explosion in Houston and solid performance in Sacramento. He has the belt. None of the other guys have done enough to knock it off of him. 
Yeah, 17 points for Guy against the Rockets and clearly uh, effective even out on the floor during that last possession. Probably as a decoy, mm-hmm. but a guy that in case, in case the play breaks down and you can't inbound the ball to Jimmy, you know you have an outlet from three-point range. Some, uh, somebody who can put the ball down and at least create uh, a shot off the dribble, either maybe incorporate a floater or something like that. So yeah, I think Guy is pretty clearly the choice there. It's really between him and Silva, uh, <laughs> which again... Kind of speaks volumes to the, the the level of the discourse here around the Heat and the the challenges that they're facing. Right. That a guy that we've spent basically five minutes saying you know he's not really an NBA player could be up for this prestigious award. But uh, a <laughs> Kyle guy, you know, it's it also bears mentioning that following his big game against the Houston Rockets, uh, I think a lot of Heat fans and maybe it was just a, a large segment of Heat Twitter was willing to trade half the Heat roster because Kyle guy was the I guy. About, I was like, I could you could just see it coming. You could just yeah. see the whole like. Just trade Duncan Robinson. We have Kyle Guy and Max Struess now. This is incredible. Um, yeah. Look, I think Kyle Guy is a nice player. I think sure. he is. I actually do think he's one of those guys that's just been looking for the right opportunity. And I actually was able to talk to him in, in Las Vegas during uh, Summer League because I was covering the Warriors. And the Warriors had him as part of their Summer League team. And, you know, he he, he just he would talk about that. He's like, look, I never really got a chance. And he didn't really name the Sacramento Kings, but he basically right. was because that was the only team he played for. Um, he's like, I never really got an opportunity in a stable organization. That's why I'm looking forward to playing for the Warriors. Fast forward a few months, he's playing for a different stable organization right now with the Miami Heat, and they've been able to give him an opportunity. So I don't know if this lands uh, him a roster spot in Miami, though they mm-hmm. do have a roster spot that they could give him. Um, but it could land him a roster spot elsewhere in the NBA because I think he has a real skill set, right? We mentioned the four assists. I mean, like people like the scoring, but he can also put the ball on the ground, make things happen. He's got a lot of confidence, which matters. He's willing to take shots. Um, He's willing to be in there. Like Spo trusts him at the end of a, of a, of a, of a game where they need a basket. Like there was a reason why he was in there. And so um, I think there's a place for him in the NBA. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's Miami. It just sort of comes down to rosters and salaries, cap stuff and whatever, but, uh, I think he's a legit NBA player. He's a little Jimmer Fredettish, right? Uh, kind of undersized. Maybe yeah, I'm maybe more athletic than Jimmer. Definitely I'd more athletic that. than Jimmer. That's fair. Uh, that's he fair. actually reminds, and this is a really, this is a terrible com- uh, comparison, but I'm going to make it anyway. Kind of reminds right. me a little of Trey Young, just in the way that he wants to be playing. And I actually think that okay. he probably thinks he that he plays very similar to Trey Young. Like he probably looks at Trey Young in Atlanta, he's like, I could be doing that, and he can't be doing that. But uh, I, it's a sort of a similar style to me, if that makes any sense it. whatsoever. No, and little, do not aggregate this and say, Wes Goldberg of Lockdown Heat thinks that Kyle Guy could be the next Trey Young. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying from a stylistic standpoint, they play similarly. That's it. No, I, I could see it. And you know what? Go ahead and aggregate it. I think we're fa- <laughs> that's fair. I think you're clearly stating that Trey Young is a worse player than Kyle Guy. And, and I'd like to Kyle Guy should be in that conversation, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's Luka Doncic, <laughs> Tyler Hero. Kyle Guy and then Trey Young somewhere around there somewhere. All right. Uh, Well, that does it for today. Miami doesn't have a lot of chance to dwell on this loss because they'll be taking on the Golden State Warriors late Monday night. But, of course, we'll be awake and giving you a full recap of that game afterwards. So make sure to check that out. And, of course, we'll be giving you great content all week long. Thank you again for making Kyle Guy your first listen every day. Remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you get the show. So make sure you subscribe to get the best coverage available make sure to check out locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs i'd like to also shout out well not shout out maybe that's not the right word but uh there is a miami heat fan group that follows us on facebook 
And unfortunately, their moderator, Nellie D. Nelson, passed away a few days ago. Uh, it was a huge Heat fan, and I know this community loves their Miami Heat. And uh, so just uh, just wanted to mention him and uh, that we're all sorry for the loss uh, to his family, and hopefully they can start off the year a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Nellie D. Nelson for being such a huge Heat, Heat fan and for that huge that group that always supports this show as well. Uh, that'll do it for tonight. Uh, this is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Thanks, Nellie.